Good evening, Dennis. Hello, Eric. How are you doing tonight? Well, let's just start out by saying, in many respects, I'm doing better. But at the end of the day, I'm okay, in spite of it. Well, I mean, better than what? Better than yesterday, Dennis? Better than when I was rushed to the emergency room. That sounds like a uh, bait for a story. Could you please tell me about... <laughs> this isn't a story. This is my life. <laughs> so, so listen. When was this? Two nights ago. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So I uh, was with my kids, went out, uh, had a beer, and was with my daughter, and uh, talking in the living room, and then she left, and I was going to watch the news, and as usual, the chair I sit in was an issue because... It's sitting in the room in a place I don't like it, so I always have to move it. So I was going to do the permanent solution, which was to move it in a different spot more or less permanently. But in order to do that, I had to move a lamp. Uh And I moved the lamp, moved the chair, and then for reasons that are bizarre and and, and another story, is for I moved the lamp back. And when I moved it back, which was my near-fatal error, I juggled the bottom of the lamp with my left hand and looked down to move the lamp so I didn't bump it into the wall uh-huh. and the globe on top of the lamp that oh, no. protected the light bulb fell off, landed square on my head, cut in half. One of the sharp halves spun in the air and landed on my wrist and sliced open my wrist, Holy a shit. four inch gash right near the bone into the tendon. Oh my God. And I was gushing blood. And do you remember the movie? You'll have to show the clip here in a second. Wherefore art thou? George Clooney's character. Yes. Time and time again, he was in trouble. He looked startled and he looked up and he said, we're in a tight spot. (laughs) Well, I didn't say that with the gushing blood. What I said instead was, this isn't good. This isn't good. Help, help. I yelled and my kids were downstairs. Yeah. Kaylee came up, blood squirting, and I'm holding it. We rushed into the kitchen and I said, tourniquet. My daughter grabbed a cloth. I twisted it in my hand and said, let's go. Take me to the hospital. Her car had just driven in snow, clear of snow and warmed up. She just had arrived and took me to the hospital from the point of accident to the point of emergency room was six minutes. And I didn't lose as much blood. I never got faint. So they did um, some of the more painful examinations I've ever had. When you have a wound that hurts and somebody decides they have to go in there with what feels like a shovel and a pitchfork before the painkiller. That's one. And then the painkiller itself, you know, they shoot a needle into your open wound. Right. And that needle into your open wound is excruciating. And the doctor who did it looked at me and he said, consider this a pain investment. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Uh, like, oh, yeah. uh, (sighs) Meaning a little bit of pain now and you're going to avoid a whole lot of pain. Right. So they numbed it all so that it was at one point during this, emergency operation, which, of course, I was wide awake for, and also uh, uh, in, a, in a state that had gone from post-work beer to right. uh, this, and then now it's numb and it doesn't hurt anymore. Right. So I, I was I was ramped up, but I was somewhat loquacious, I'm told. <laughs> You're just chatting with the, with the, with the surgeon. Because I didn't want to look right. at what he was doing. He had it splayed open. It looked like goddamn Gang of Thrones, God. like, you know, splaying... It's the torture. She's like asking about awful. his kids and shit while he's digging in your arm? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, not the doctor. Right. The attendant. All right. Three people in the room. We talked basketball. Found a state fan. 
dressed in green, green and white, you know, nurses stuff. Right, right. right. So that took up a while. That oh. was fun. <laughs> so then they, you know, they uh, repaired my tendons, tied them up, uh, stitched them up, stitched me up, put on this plastic splints here. Yeah. Which had my wrist turned an odd way so that where the tendons are, it's curved down so that they can heal better. Uh-huh. Instead of stretched up, because the, the tendons that were cut were the ones that do this right. up and down motion of my wrist. Right, right, right. Not huh. waving like the Queen of England. No. But waving like an American citizen. Yes. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> That's so. When I'm laid out on the table, check this. I'm 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 laid out. I'm all numbed. Big. They turned the room I was in into an operating room. Went sterile. I helped once to fix the sterile stuff. They had to start all over again new gown, everything. They said, don't help again. I reached over because they was having trouble putting the sterile cloth over my shoulder. <laughs> nice guy that I am. Right. Like, Here, let me help you with that. No, you ruined it all. Oh, all right, let's start over. Everybody, four people, tearing down the whole room. Jesus. And I said, well, I won't be doing that again. And he said, no, no, Miss Doctor. No, you won't. And uh, anyway, he, it was, uh, I looked over and he was done. He had tied the bad tendon uh, that was hurt to a good tendon and, and put a notch in it, a stitch, protected it. And then there was another tendon that is a useless tendon that 85% of the population has that isn't used anymore. And they use it for a, a, a body part to move to another place in the body if they ever need a tendon. Cool. It's like so a, it has that. That's pretty cool. That was destroyed. Like a spare tire. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. a spare tendon. So, so, right. so someone rear-ended you, and you, and you, you yeah. broke your spare tire. So while I was in there, I could have opened up Den's spare tendon as a shop, like Ed's. Right. Like Ed's tights. I mean, if you ever get... I only had... If, if you ever get I low on... one ready, so... If you ever get low on cash, you know, maybe the one in your other hand could be auctioned right. on the on the black market, on the tendon market. Professional gold mine, mining your own tendons. <laughs> so, 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 it, so, I'm, so I'm, anyway, I, I'm concerned with your with your carpet and furniture. They got blood all sprayed all over it. Did it look like you know Dexter well, had killed somebody in there? Blood wasn't spraying. It was oozing. Ah, it was oozing. It was oozing like a red fountain of blood, and that's why I looked at it. Now I was. Did dazed. you leave, did you leave a, a trail of drip 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 all yeah. the way to the kitchen? But I had I had immediately held the wrist between the wrist and the heart. Right. To slow the blood flow, my right. good hand, right. rather than covering it, knowing I'd have to pull that off there to put a tourniquet on uh -huh. it. So I, I ran right to that. Uh, but it, but at any rate, it was fast and furious. Clever. And uh, so we're on the table, and I'm all you know stunned in the arm. I'm talking right. criminal justice and this and that. And no, you listen. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, <laughs> he says, okay. Why were we not I recording that? Move, I want you to move this wrist. And I looked over at it for the first time in a long time and it was splayed open and he's i said what do you want me to do and he said do this and gave me the come on motion the right. flex motion and i said that's not my wrist exactly i was going to say that that's what people do when when that happens not my wrist. Yeah. i said and it was gray gray in color because they had put a a, a cuff right. on me to slow the blood flow so it was pale it was whitish not blue right, right. although that tourniquet was as long and it was more painful than the surgery especially after 25 minutes and then they gave me a break. Um, but at any rate, so I moved it 
and it it felt more like I was the my brain was the puppet master with a string through my hand, and you were controlling some other. And I was willing it. Somebody else's object. So the doctor says, "How does that feel?" <laughs> and I said, "How does it feel? I can't feel it. It's not my arm." <laughs> and he says, "He says, on all seriousness, he says, yes, that's a common feeling." Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, so I don't know. I'm. Uh, it's doped up. Thank God. I'm stunned. You know. He sewed me up. What, Last what, stitch was a little off, but what sort all of all in all, he's a fabulous doctor. What sort of recovery? Uh... Outlook, do you have six weeks? Six weeks, and of course, I'm moving my house. So I guess the the moving project and the carpentry projects and the Jesus. concrete line projects and the house reconstruction that I had lined up, right? Starting in three weeks, ain't going to happen. Delay, right? The good news is that I had a weird time frame with my future here, where I had made with Nikki and her sister Mindy a two week vacation in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then we sold our house, and we have to do the work of the sale of the house and the renovation yeah. with that vacation in place. So I'm only home a week owning the house. Then we're two weeks out. So now, what a blessing that is, because I won't be able to swing a hammer, or, or I can swing a hammer with my right hand, of course, but right. I've only got... You'll be able to hold the nail. So I'll be gone anyway. So I planned for being gone. Mm-hmm. Little did I know I'd be recuperating. But by then, I should be recuperating. I've had worse pain, I think. I can't remember when. I never want to have it again, but the professionalism of the healthcare staff at uh, yeah. Bronson Hospital here was unbelievable. My daughter was with me the whole time. My wife came later. So all in all, I'm glad to have uh, say to you, as you asked, yes. how are you, Dan? And I said, well. Better than I was two days ago. And but I'm okay, because here's to you. Yes. So all is well that and then I'm doc, doctor's appointment on Thursday. Good. That's well, what's been going on. I have not been to the emergency room this week. That's good. I went to Ikea, which is also stressful. Did you buy stuff? Yeah, we needed a bookcase. And Ikea sells these bookcases for 40 euros. Like, for 45 bucks, you can get a beautiful, nice bookcase uh, that's... Yeah perfectly functional so it's, it's it's dirt cheap and they're, they're they're easy to put together and we needed some extra storage in in my kids room so uh i was sent off to ikea to buy this thing and it just barely fit in the car and then i brought it home and put it together and it's for um for for people like me that don't normally work with their hands or build things uh ikea can be strangely satisfying because it it feels it feels like I I built this and all you're doing is really putting you know tab A into slot B, uh, and turning some screws. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I've been there. I've been there. I know I put together a little uh, uh, plastic shopping cart for a little grandbaby George and, and and so she could push it around. It was three pieces. Right. I had the instructions laid out. I had all the parts. I had it all laid out. As the OCD would. Right. And then I followed the instructions and I put it together. And when I was done, I cheered. It was <laughs> the part of my day that I could I controlled. Right. Everything else was, I'm in the river of life. But well, here with those instructions, and I did it right. And that's one of the, the clever things about Ikea is uh, the instructions, there's no words. It's all pictograms so that they can print out the same piece of instruction and send it all over the world. Um, yeah. But... So there's this interesting uh, psychological phenomenon 
called the Ikea effect. And this is that you like things that you feel some ownership of having put together more than stuff that you just bought. So like they took, huh. they took, um, <laughs> they took some, you know, uh, undergrad students into, into a, uh, you know, they, into a psych test and they, uh, and they gave them, uh, either a Lego kit that was, a you know, to build, build a thing, or they just showed them a thing that was pre-built already. And they, and they asked them, you know, do you like this thing? And they're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And then they said, well, how much would you pay to take it home right now with you? And the people that had put in a little bit of effort into following some simple instructions to put the thing together uh, were were willing to pay a lot more money because there's this thing uh, you, you feel this ownership and this like I did this uh-huh. you know your your uh-huh. che- your cheering moment. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I joined a club. Did you? You joined a the club. IKEA, the IKEA Addiction Club, IKEA Addiction Association AAA. No. What? Huh? It's a sta- It's established to uh, treat. The IKEA effect. A A A. You should join. A A. Working on it. <laughs> Let me hang in here. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, well, move on then. What's your next question? <laughs> what was your first one? Hey. How are you? That took us 15 minutes. Well, that's the way it's supposed to. Um, now I'm apparently confused, and I've confused you. I have to edit all that out. Yeah, so do you have a, after this um, ER experience, do you have a better appreciation, like in, in, in movies and stuff, where, you know, somebody has to go and have a, a bullet pulled out of them with no, uh, oh. with no anesthetic? Well... Um, the funny you should say it because my daughter Kaylee said when we were driving to the emergency room and I was shocky and right. talking a mile a minute and she was in control and we drove and we talked and I said, who's going to believe this <laughs> lamp falls off my head, cracks open, blitz over, blah, 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 blah. give me the hospital. Right. We get there. But, uh, she was laughing because I was making her laugh right. in spite of it all. And uh, she said, my God, she said, this is like an opening for a, a episode of Six Feet Under. Right. And I said, oh, my God, you think I'm going to die? <laughs> don't, don't suggest that. And, we, and she laughed about that. And, of course, and then later uh, I explained to the x-ray technician that she didn't have the best tableside manner uh, because she said this was a perfect beginning for an episode of Six Feet Under. And he said he says, looks at me, he says, no, not, not, not six feet under. Oh, no. <laughs> there I am laying there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. These things, you know, and, and I, I felt bad for a couple of days thinking, you know, why me? And, but I'm thinking, boy, if it would landed on my hand or landed across my fingers. Sure. Or landed higher up on my major artery up in my right. uh, elbow mm-hmm. or, 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 or what, or landed on my foot and got all my fucking toes off. Right, right, it looked right. like a chainsaw I had hit this thing. Wow. It looked like it looked like uh um uh, like you know, night of the dead shit. I mean it was just oozing. So what a what a stupid way to die that would be. Well you know. Well so, thank you, I think. He was moving um, he was moving he was moving his the lamp because well, he wanted his so, chair in a different part so, of the room. 
So lesson learned, don't move the lamp with a globe without checking the globe. Later, when I was in the operating room, I remembered wondering at a time past whether I had put the screw in there to hold that lamp. Right. And I was convinced I didn't, and that's why it fell out. But that's not what happened. When I looked at the lamp upon returning from home from the emergency room, yes. I limped in there. I was tired and weak and what, and I felt terrible. And, wait, and wait, look, wait, was, was in some, the lamp, was some, was some... were in the lamp. The globe had the screws in it, but it, they were loose or somebody had loosened them. I was going to say, I think you, you might have been, someone tried to murder you by loosening a lamp and then being sure that you were going to want to move that lamp. And bust the, and bust the globe thing. on my head I... so that the sharp half shard razor weapon-like piece of glass I, would land perfectly across my wrist. I think we need to like, like a freaking chainsaw. I think we need ah. to, we need to, we need to dust it for prints and stuff. I mean, ah. get a little, get a little CSI forensic up in here. Cause somebody did, somebody wants, once you've gone. Oh, well, well, no, no, no. Or it was just a freak accident. That is a lovely brass buck. <laughs> Wait, does the buck stop on your desk, Dennis? The buck stops here. Well, in this case, the buck stopped here. I don't know if that... It, it might keep going somewhere. means anything else. I also have a... What is that made of? That armadillo? This is a super what? hard molding plastic. Why do you have a plastic armadillo? Because I like that. Look at that. Do you do you fondle it when you're thinking about things <laughs> at your desk? No, I, I've never shown them to anyone. In fact, I thought it was a special occasion, but you're ruining it with your poor sense of humor. No. <laughs> Look at this. It's a great sound effect for that uh, elephant. Elephant. Yes. Well, so here we are. It's after hours. So you with the IKEA shelf, me with the emergency room. I will tell you that the work continued oh, and, at the house. And we built shelves this weekend. We deconstructed shelves while you were building them. So how about that? Wow, yin and yang. Well. Deconstruct, reconstruct. Oh, you know what else? Um introduced my kids to the movie big oh which a great movie which, one of my favorites yeah it was always it was i always liked it when i was uh, when i was a kid uh you know it was released when i was 10 and uh it was one of these things that was on you know hbo all the time so whenever you're looking yeah. for something to watch it, it's there and uh it had been years and years since i'd seen it but uh it it, it holds up it's a um it's a pretty decent it's better than a lot of the uh, you switch bodies with your parent movies that were there were a whole bunch of those yeah, in, yeah, in the eighties, which, which was a whole gender in and of itself. Yeah, copied so many times, so many times by everybody. Yeah, yeah. and I agree. But the problem, the problem with all those, especially with the with the switching bodies with your parent, uh, that as a kid, of course, I was oblivious to. But you know, it gets really awkward around sex, like in big, you know the. You know his 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 girlfriend takes off her blouse, and 
then you know it sort of fades to black which uh as a kid it was just like oh well, well that happened but as a grown-up you understand the movie making uh language that you know that means that they continued yeah. uh, but you know and then it's like that's pretty weird that you know this 13 year old and a 30 year old's uh body was doing some crazy stuff but it's not nearly as it's not nearly as crazy as the uh right as the right. as the when you switch when you switch bodies with your father for example with your father for example and then you, and then you and then you know your mother is like time, time for a bit you know that's that's messed up yeah nobody wants to go there exactly. no, well maybe some do no no well you got your your your, your edible people out there but uh but yeah, so those movies always really tread like lightly on that stuff, or the or the parent is you know divorced or uh, something anyway. Yeah. But that's such a good movie. His, the, you know, Tom Hanks's charisma just carries the whole. Oh, it's the whole thing. And and it actually, I would say, is the one of the top three movies I've watched again and again and again and again, along yeah. with my favorite, of course, Moonstruck, which you probably still haven't seen. You're the last person in Europe who hasn't seen that, I think. I think so, yes. But at any rate, uh, but uh, Big yep. is another one. In fact, I saw a movie the other day. I'll think about it in a moment. But uh, it had a playback of that movie. It was um, uh, the new comedian, uh, the woman comedian, and it was a movie called Pretty. I Feel Pretty. Okay. And um, she felt unattractive um, because she was uh, – a big bone woman, as my mother would say, but she not, but bonked her head and woke up and had a, when she saw herself, she was, was pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, uh, it was interesting. I don't know that I watched the whole thing, but. Uh, and the movie Big was in there somehow? Yeah, they, she wished. All uh, right. She was watching that movie. Uh, right, and right. he had the, he had the, the coin and he right. put it into the, Zoltan, and yeah. he told him, grant his wish is is grant his wish is granted yep your grant is wished <laughs> the a different thing altogether your wish is granted yeah and that yeah. inspired her to go to the fountain and make a wish and point it and, and, and it didn't happen but not to tell too much the story then she hit her head uh. and she at least saw herself that way <laughs> and it was it was an interesting movie um yeah that I remember as a kid that Zoltar machine was pretty oh, yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the music, the music score around around that yeah. section gets it pretty was, scary. I couldn't point to anything in the movie that I thought could have been better in any way. I thought it was. I can't. I, it's almost like a perfect movie to me. Same is true about Moonstruck. Every single moment of it is is just perfect. I yeah. mean, it's the same with that movie too. Particularly the the kid, the kid who plays his best friend. Mm-hmm. And his, he does such a good job there. Amazing, amazing stint. Uh, he must have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor that year. We should check that out. See yeah. how big laid out because it was it was a unique role. Yeah, I, I um, I think I while I was watching it, I, I looked him up, and he hasn't really done much since then. I mean, he's like he does small parts, but when you know on the on his IMDb page, it says he's known for his part in Big, uh, but. And the other the other interesting question that that it brought up was um, how you know and the the Tom Hanks character had an improbably lucky thing where you know immediately he 
within a week he falls into a really high paying job in in New York City. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and you know, Lord knows the the apartment that he that he rents would be like ten thousand dollars a month. Uh, but um, it's 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 neat how he falls into that role. At the, like towards the very end, he's like, look. Look, Billy. I can't talk about this. I've got deadlines. I got to. I got this. I got this report. I got to turn. You know, we're we're doing this presentation, and uh, just that whole understanding of what adult stress is like, uh, uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh-huh. and how it's not as cool as just riding your bike around and playing right. stickball in the park. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, those those days growing up. I told you the story about burning up the field, you know, yeah. in, in in our neighborhood. My brother Mike and I, anyway. But right on the um, edge of our property where we lived and we grew up, this uh, uh, electric company had left all their logs piled up for their log telephone poles. Mm-hmm. It was a pile of them. There were forty, fifty of them all. St- uh, you know, they weren't moving anymore. They weren't rolling. They were stable. Right. So we used to play on them, play tag, run around on them. And uh, a guy who was 16 years old when I was 12, he masterminded and built in the middle of those logs yeah. a shack, a little building, a little shack. Like a log, that had, what, what, like a log that, cabin? It's just, yeah, it had log cabin aspects. He used, yes, right. I mean, exactly. Logs. Yeah. And logs. And it had a door that lowered like a, over a moat. Nice. So you couldn't like get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just you a shack. password or something? Wayne, Wayne, uh, Wayne Van Wy. He, uh, he was the mastermind. He was the, but he had built as we were growing up different shacks like that in different places. Right. And, and, and one year when we were sitting around the baseball field, right. After a game and the whole neighborhood was there enough to, you know, it was like 10, 14 kids. If everybody was there all ages, he like, since he was the oldest one, he organized, he mowed the fields and whatnot when I was 12 to get the, field mode but he we're all sitting around and he says um he says so i built a shack a hidden fort a hidden th- yeah and, uh, a, a kid would have called it a fort and you need to find it and when you find it you can have it cool but first you have to find it what a mystery and we we searched high and low i found it i was the one who found it and yeah. what he had done and what i what, what i found first was in a copse of pine trees i found fresh dirt Ooh. pile of and i traced something was buried went. no well no it was dirt that was moved there all right so i traced the steps back to a tree where a uh you know a rodent muskrat or whatever near the edge of the the bank groundhog had dug in the root of a tree in a sandy bank where the tree trunk created this massive opportunity that when you dug under the tree trunk under the sand he created a room in there with places to sit places for candle holders you could hold four or five people in here and the ceiling was the roots and the earth and he had dug out the sand started by the groundhog and i had located where the dirt was and went backwards he had taken the hole in between between the uh the, the roots of the tree and he had removed all the dirt, yeah, not a trace of it, put a burlap sack over the hole, and then put some down branches with leaves on them over the burlap. That is and the that's coolest, where it was hidden. 
when you're when you're 12 that's the coolest thing ever it, it was it, and he gave it to us we went in there all everybody was invited yeah um, i mean clearly he, what he what he loved was the was the creation and the the ideation of these of what these a marvelous holes. man the young, young man to do that um so there's another part of the story well i was gonna say so, did you like did you have a a club of you know did well, you have it club didn't meetings last down there it didn't last long because of politics because apparently well Apparently, my older brother, Joe, Uh-oh. had had a run-in with my friend Dougie, brother, Jimmy. So me and Dougie were friends, and our older brothers, Jimmy and Joey, uh-huh. had a run-in of one kind or another. And I can't remember what it was about. Maybe I'll remember as I'm telling the story. But as a result, Someone destroyed when, Joe, when Joe, my brother Joe, was with us in the, hot, in the fort, in the underground fort. Yeah not having been in the crew that found it right. he was invited to come up and thought it was way cool but he brought his altercation with jimmy with him unknowingly and jimmy was up on top of the underground fort with us in it pounding no. on it to cave it in and he had in his hands and bury you all alive free fishing net that he was ripping up into pieces and screaming about which apparently was about some incident with Joey and Jimmy about fishing gear or something uh-huh. that had happened while we were looking and found the fort. So Jimmy on a rampage trying to kill Joe. Right. And we're in there. The, the dirt's starting to fall. It's, 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 yeah, that's it's, scary. He's, he's, he's pounding. We all crawl out one at a time like groundhogs out of this thing and right. tumble into the, in, into the grass. <laughs> and he continues his rampage until he caves the whole fucking thing in. And then for all those years, 12, 13, 14, I'd go there and that hole ended up filling up with water. Right. As holes and, and, and I went I went back for a few years anyway and looked at it and fondly remembered my youth. Mm-hmm. So how how long was it a cool play space before uh, you know, emotions destroyed it? Uh, hours. No. Day. Hours. Yeah. Hours days at most the day at most it wasn't like weekends i think we went in we found it we went home maybe it was that same day we went back but it wasn't much it was short-lived because you know you know it took at least a week or two to to construct so so there was a fight up above as a result of the thumping and the caving in right yeah and guess who was wrestling with jimmy not joey who escaped you know without being suffocated in the dirt with his life. Right. But Wayne, Wayne Van Wye was scuffling with Jimmy. Yeah. And then they had a major fight. And we ran, we ran home. Particularly Joe with his freaking tail between his fucking legs. Hmm. Well, I don't know what, I, I'd have to ask him about the fishing net. I'll have to remember to ask him what, 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 what the fuck was that all about? Man. Does he remember, you know? This is really sad what I'm, what I'm about to say, but this is this this is very similar to what my kids get up to in this video game called Minecraft. Have you heard of Minecraft? No. Minecraft is this incredible phenomenon. It grew um, incredibly and was purchased by Microsoft a couple years ago. But um, it's this world of it's this blocky world that you look at and you think those are graphics from 1985. You know, it's just terrible, terrible graphics. But what it is is it's a, 
it's a world that you can walk around in and also there are ways where you can like fly around but you can you can you can hit any block a couple times and then you and then you now have in your inventory that that whatever that material was and then you can go and you can put that material in any, any other way in this block like graph paper sort of uh, structure and so people that are willing to spend the time can build anything you can imagine can be built uh, in this yeah. in this game and yeah. so people build these elaborate uh, castles and uh, hideouts and things uh-huh. and uh, one of the modes is a, called a survival mode which uh, the first time I played it was pretty scary because you're just walking around and you're figuring out that you that you can you can take this piece of wood and build a little wall over here and then <laughs> and then the and then the sun goes down and it's nighttime and these zombie creatures come out <laughs> and they come and they and they and, wow. they and they and they and they will you know beat you until you die and then you you know have to start start again but so the first uh, as a newbie player the first thing you do after that happens is you is you're very nervous you're like Okay, shit. We need to build a wall. We need, we need, we need. I need some place where I can at least spend the night to uh, to avoid getting killed by the by these scary zombies. things by these zombies. And so you do. So so you start you know digging because you can you can build a wall out of literally anything. Right. So you so dig you up a bunch of dirt. Gathering defense. Right. Exactly. And then uh, and you know and then the night comes and as a new player you're like. I don't know what to do. You know, you build a little wall. You, it could literally be the size of whatever your character is around you to keep the, the zombies away from you. And then when the when the light comes up, the zombies all like burn and, and die and stuff. But anyway, uh, so my kids are totally fascinated with the building caverns and secret hidden doors and things yeah. because there's all these different modifications that can be done. And, uh, and once you learn how to do different things, you can just let your imagination take you. Which is, you know, on the one hand, as a, as a parent, you're like, mm, do I want my kid playing with his with his with his tablet for f- five hours a day? And you know, no, you don't. But on the other hand, they're being creative and building things in a uh-huh. in uh-huh. a in a 3D world, which is uh-huh. where you know future stuff yeah. is going to be built is in a computer, like, is like it like it is already, and then right. printed out right. by by machines. Right. So well, all things in moderation, right? I mean, yeah. So I'm. <laughs> I have a pet peeve about that uh, about that saying. You do uh, yes, and what is it? What did I say? <laughs> all things, all things in moderation. So, what's the de- what's the what's the definition of moderation? It's That's not up to you, man. It's not too little. I can't get inside your head, man. No, hold it's on. Up to hold, you, man. It, it's it's not too little or not too much. So it's right. So it's like, like Goldilocks. Yes, you're the middle bear. You're so, the medium sized bear, and it'll be okay. You just make your own choice. No one can help you. So, but like, obviously too little is bad and obviously too much is bad. So it's sort of a meaningless thing to say moderation. So is good. you would rather I said, you would rather I said, well, no, it almost goes without saying, but all things in moderation, then you would say, well, that's better. Right. So no. it'd be longer. No, it's just a... your, what, what I would have to consider a stamp, a, a stamp, a proof, a standard proof of concept. Right. Of, of 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 a saying, but that would be the modifier that you would live with. Then it almost goes without saying. That. To which you would say, uh, actually, it does go without saying. Yeah, of course, that would be yes. right. You know, I mean, it's it's a little bit. It's a little bit like saying good things are good. You know, it's like good things. You know what? Say it this way. You know what? Good things are just. Well, 
They're good, right? Yes, I think right? we can all agree, agree with, that. with that. that. That's a good. So good... You, you, you don't want to pick that apart with your ultra sensitive sense of standard of sayings. <laughs> what other people just let slide. You say, "Excuse me," <laughs> but I have a problem with that phrase. <laughs> and the guy's like, "Hey, dude, it's just, it's just something people say, man." <laughs> and you're like, "Well, actually, the assumption is incorrect." I mean, six, I don't know, man. I mean, six of one really is a half dozen of the other. So, <laughs> well, mathematically, yeah. Well, maybe it's a difference without a distinction. But, now, but to me, if it, if it was to a, me, if it was a half baker's dozen, that'd be that'd be different. That the math works out differently there. There been a number that's played a lot in your life, a particular number. No. Uh, that's weird. You're the only person on earth, and you've never seen Moonstruck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, you, like one of a fucking kind. You've nailed, you don't have a. You've nailed me in the Venn diagram of people. <laughs> it's not a real complicated Venn diagram. It's only got two branches. People that saw Moonstruck. People that have not seen yes Moonstruck. And, yes and no, and you're the you just two no's for you. All right, so cough up your number now that you're saying that you have a, there, everyone has a number that's important in their life. 22. 22. 22. Okay. My wife's birthday is February 22nd. Yes. Need I say more? Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> that's adorable. The day that my like, angel and was... Like, and we're like, 22, well... All right. Well, that's a number. Yeah. It's also... Looks like the two little ducks. <laughs> when you write it. Little... <laughs> I'm not ready for the ducks. I have a giraffe. I haven't showed you that. Ooh. Look at this. That's a, that's a long neck. So it's like a... It's like an African safari on your desk. It is. It's a menagerie. I want to fly like an eagle, to be free. Fly like an eagle, let the spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle. Good, good. Oh, God. Tell me you have two more. That was a monkey with his hands over his eyes. And of course, that always comes with a monkey with his hands over his mouth. And that's that's very nice. And just like listeners of this podcast. <laughs> Both of you. You should hang up now because a you can't you can't see what he's describing and it's just a little monkey. Well, yeah. What's he doing with his hands, Dennis? Over his eyes. No. Ears. There you go. Over his ears. That's the analogy of our two listeners. Yes. Why would anybody want to listen to this dribble? Hear no podcast. Them, See no podcast. Them. Do no podcast. Speak, speak no podcast. Killian, what are you drinking tonight? Scotch straight up? Neat? Yes. I got me a Killian's red, Irish red. Here's to you. In a in a little shot glass that I got from the Glenlivet d- Distillery in Scotland. In Scotland. In Scotland. In Thanks for sending me the tapes, man. I well, listened to the uh, I listened to the Yorkshire yeah. brother, uh, and 
and and I, it it is the most hilarious hilarious thing. <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you mean you had to sleep you had to sleep on broken glass. Yeah, that's a, that's a good bit. <laughs> we woke up an hour before we went to bed. Yeah, that was, that was beat the fun. Us, beat us with broken beer bottles on the bottom of the lake. Luxury. We wish we had a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, too funny. Too funny. And, you know, they, they would have been like 25 or not even, probably, I don't know, like 30 when they were doing that, making fun of, you know, yeah, the yeah, yeah. people talk. Right, right. Well, so then the interview with the, with John Cleese and, uh, yeah. Oh. And uh, Michael Palin and the and the priest. Right. They uh, he said, well, we were toying around with the idea, and one of the ideas was like the the twelve apostles suddenly wanting to book a room in a local restaurant. Yeah. And uh, and uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just a funny little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, what the, what a treasure trove. The, I saw him interviewed on uh, Bill Maher the other day. Wait, wait, and hold a second. The, the the punchline to the to the apostles getting wanting to book a room is is they like they all say, yeah, but can we all sit on the one side of the of the table? <laughs> well, right. Can we get a table like, for twenty four well, and all sit on one we side? Can split you up. We'll have three tables of four or four tables of three. No, we've all got to sit together. Well, one table, but all on the same side of the table, so we can't. All... Yeah, <laughs> funny, funny stuff. Well, anyway, tell me about comedy. Uh... Comedy, because in the states the the political news is is takes up three full time networks with the the uh, amazing stories that keep coming out of this Trump administration. Right, and it 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 is where the comedy is too, and so the 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 enormity of the issue. Of, of what he does and what he says, and then how the media covers it to the point of exhaustion. It totally gets and lost. And 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 uh, all the analysis and all the money that goes with it in every day is another set of analyses. And the comedy is there too. It's like it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. It's like taking up all the fucking air. There's only thing you can th- the only thing you can talk about or think about. Yeah. News everywhere you go, and you people. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, I've been watching old movies. Saw the Titans the other day. Denzel Washington and the yeah. Virginia team that overcame such racial uh, diversity, but uh, that gets lost in the movies, you know. Which is, you know, but you know, I'm and uh, I'm surprised that there aren't any movies yet. You know, it's been three years uh, about the 2016, you know, campaign and what what all went on there. But I guess we don't have enough information yet. About. Well, well, you'd have to be you'd have to be writing a movie for which there was an obvious sequel, and convince people to go to it, even though it was half baked. Right. That's a movie yet to come. The story isn't to be told because the story isn't it, over. It hasn't so. ended yet. Right. Right. And and you know, and also, I mean, uh, you know, Paul Manafort's testimony. I mean, he's like this, you know, Italian guy who like got honest. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, I know, I liked you before. I'm going to prison for it. Now I'm telling you the truth. And, you know, 
you follow, you know, you do what I do and follow the man blindly, and you too. This would just lead to the same trouble I've had. Yeah. Well, you talk about Michael Cohen? Yeah. There was a, um, some some political podcast that I don't listen to had a, uh, had a great title for their episode uh, for, you know, last week. It was uh, something, it, the, the wordplay was um, that we had a cohenoscopy with Michael Cohen, you know. <laughs> Examining colonoscopy. It's a pretty good pun. It's good. It's good. So, so I didn't see the part of the hearings where one of the one of the senator or one oh, of the reps said, "Fire, liar, liar, pants on fire." Did you see the Saturday Night Live with uh, um, with Matt Damon for the? Uh, oh no, I'm thinking. No, of no, the, no. The, with uh, with uh, uh, Michael Cohen played by uh, uh, shit. Um, ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and Bill Hadler playing uh, represent Mark Meadows. Yeah. And, and and so it was perfectly set up. And you got to hand it to this television crew. When I was watching this moment that they were yeah. parroting, there was a woman who sat behind Michael Cohen in the audience when the chairperson yeah. uh, was making his final speech, which was very heartfelt. And, yes, that was a good, and, good and speech. Powerful, but a woman behind him was nodding her head through the whole time they had her pegged to the look yeah. to the woman and uh uh oh god it was uh and so he says so mark meadows <laughs> says i'm so upset by this i'm so upset that i i didn't even wear a coat to come to this meeting <laughs> right. and they keep throwing it back to him and right, right, right. and he keeps saying dumber and dumber stuff just obfuscating not you know oh my lord but like so it's so it's so sad that reality is so such an easy target of parody like oh and this this planet out at these high levels i mean we're we're participating in an era of political history which is the most remarkable in the country's entire history bar none in my view and i've been reading and studying presidents from for 40 years it was my favorite uh literature that i read in grade school mm-hmm. so i speak with some authority when i say that yes especially these are especially when you're not close historic to the times yeah. these are historic times are, wait aren't all times historic or historical that's the there's a there's a, there's a distinction there anyway t- sorry to go there back. is a distinction but without a difference funny stuff funny stuff comedy the news the comedy everything's around newspapers Discussions, conversations, blah blah blah. What to talk about, what not to talk about, and the thirty-five percent, well, sixty million Twitter followers. Well, and they. Oh shit! Did you cut your other yeah. arm off? Oh, That's man. funny. I'm sure, everybody who who imagined what it was like on that operating room, watching the the the, the some corpse's hand right. move. So with. <laughs> don't treat me. Don't treat me badly tonight. I I come to you. Injured both physically and emotionally. Okay. <laughs> but so like that's the thing that the, pretty much the only the only thing that Trump is actually good at is reality TV. Like that's the only success that he had where he started from uh, uh, just a little bit of name notoriety and actually built a TV thing because he knows how to use conflict and saying outrageous things to get people to talk about what he's just said. He's, 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 he's 
the message, the messaging genius of the universe. He can get his story told the way he wants it told precisely to whom he wants it told better than anybody. Well, except for perhaps, uh, there's some like German guy who like, yeah, got a lot of that to happen. I mean, I just saying, I don't know. Though. I don't know what books he had by his bedside, but you know what's been stated. Yeah, but I don't think the, I don't I don't by think the ghost author. I don't think everything that is spoken about him is what he wants to be spoken about him. But I think that he knows that just the fact that he is being spoken about is money in his in his pocket. Well, Roger Stone. The only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. He learned that at the knees of Donald Trump. Yeah, the mob boss, Donnie. Hey, Donnie. Hey, yeah. Donnie. What are you going to do about that whore, Donnie? She's wanting money, Donnie. Forget about it. Supposed to pay the slut off, man. Just pay her off. Take care of it. Yeah. You can fix it. All right. We'll pay you in installments, so we hide it on the books. Oh, really? Oh, it's a retainer. Yes, it was a retainer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's... So you get you can get obsessed. You can get obsessed. Oh, that it's 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 people it's do this. It's this narrative, and it's you're in the car, and it's on the radio, and you're at home, and it's on the television set, and you write you see a newspaper, it's in the newspaper. Watch a comedy show. It's a comedy show. The talk shows you the news. It's it's a blanket. Yep. It's a phenomena that is unique in American history. But that 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 Nothing was true. Close to this. That was that was true in 2014, leading up to the election, when 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 Trump started talking about himself and just saying the most outrageous things. And every single day from when he said he was wanted to be, wanted to be president, and even from before when he was doing the crazy birther bullshit uh he knew how to get talked about and and even if it was just look at this kook that's saying the craziest thing no there's no such thing as bad press exactly well he is the, he's the living when, embodiment of that particularly when you're looking at six hundred thousand, a million two million thirty million thirty five percent of the freaking voting population right you know and, and 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 so is that enough to win election yeah it was electoral college anyway electoral. But, but here's the thing there's a yin there's a yang the left moves toward the center. The center has to find itself because right now the, the no left is, 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 pardon me? I mean, I think the left is moving for the first time in a while, moving further left than, because the, because, because, because the right is always. Left. I think they're claiming the left. But they're moving. They're claiming center. it and they're they're trying to get to reach the center. Right. Yes, so yes, yes. It's better defined. And while it's grandiose and the, the green deal and, and, and right. all the stuff that, that, that AOC is doing this. This is a way to, as she intends, to rivet and say, quit talking about it. I put it in writing. Now what? Yeah. Nice. Different pieces of it with a different life. And so that the left is established and now is documented and looking for a plan of action. And so uh, that means then that as they move from initial leadership and the opportunity to establish a policy agenda that addresses their most liberal leanings, they look toward the new election and they say, OK, we got the left part of the left covered. Yeah. yeah. Now let's think about the majority of people who are left of center, which are progressive, if not moderate, who, in fact, outnumber. Of course. The left. And, but here's the thing. By defining that far left and drawing the line in legislation, some components of which mm-hmm. are centrist. Right. Moderate centrist. The right that's wins. how you establish what's acceptable, not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to be fucking outrageous. 
because this stuff that's going on is fucking crazy. And so for those people that can forward the political dialogue at, 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 at in, 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 in great disciplined leadership that puts it in writing, mm-hmm. the better off everybody is. The disagreement will lead to agreement in different pockets. And so if we travel that path, we will find bipartisan support. Right. Because the moderates and the centrists in the Democratic Party are not a whole lot different than the fiscally conservative but socially concerned Republicans on the other end of the spectrum. There's some blurry lines there. Yeah, but start being concerned about quality of life for people. But but again, like to get to to be talked about, you have to say crazy shit, and so that's why. Well, because now we know now we live in a world where you want views and clicks and likes and and hearts and shit. And it's so important to like to just to just come out and be in the middle and say, uh, you know, this side has a point and this side also has a point. And I think there's some middle ground in there. No one's going to share your video. Listen, this this country rests on the shoulders of Nancy Pelosi who is the single most effective, powerful person I've ever seen in politics in my entire life. And I've been following this shit since I was 14 years old. I've never seen a leader better able, better equipped, with a better perspective and an absolute command of authority and delegation and discipline and message and come together in one leader. we're, We're blessed. We're blessed. Nice. Perfect, perfect person for the perfect time and in the most imperfect part of our history and and well she's got to buy the ball and all anyone can all involved that his little tiny hands his balls are so big his little tiny hands can't even hold his own balls yeah that's donald trump i hope you're listening donald send somebody to take care of me give me a message and mobster mobster so don't hurt your other arm thanks for the advice god i'm glad you're here i never would have thought of that i would have put my other arm in a meat grinder just to see what's it matter i got one bad arm why not let's see if the meat grinder works well, you know, now that you're friends with the ER doctors. Yeah, I love this doctor. I'll find out his name. We'll talk about some interesting aspects that are takes us into Europe and into Palestine and the conflict and just this amazing interaction with this man that I entrusted. With this, the limb, the limb of my corpse. But it was it was so focused, so focused. I'll t- I will talk a little bit more about that. I, I, um, so, so, so he's not, he's not your right hand man. He's, he's your left hand man. <laughs> uh, 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 and Dr. King was on the phone and I wanted to say the King, <laughs> but didn't. Wait, so wait, I, wait, wait, I, you, you were talking to Dr. Martin Luther King? <laughs> no, this, the chief surgeon, the oh, chief okay. uh, surgeon at the hospital was on the phone and the resident surgeon who was my surgeon uh, did a, a uh, examination and called him for his oversight right. agreement on the procedure, which was fascinating because he told him what he saw and his boss told him what to do. And he had just said to
to me before the boss called what he was going to do, and, and it was that. Yeah. And then he's and it was complicated procedure using a lot of terms, of course, way outside my my understanding, but clearly parts of my wrist. <laughs> and <laughs> my doctor kept saying, "Yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. Okay, sure. got it." And hung up. And I said, "Well, that was reassuring." <laughs> he says, "He says, yeah, just just checking in." He said, it's like I told you. I said, oh, yeah, it was exactly what you told me. I said, but uh, um, I'm glad that you didn't, you know, we would have been in trouble if you would have said things like, no, I, uh, I, no, don't I do don't that. know what you mean. I, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Why and would you do that, me, you stupid doctor? He looked, at me, <laughs> he looked at me and he laughed, you know, and he got the joke, right? Yeah. And so we established that, that rapport. So I, I never stopped, you know, in my shocky right. um you know, and then numb state, mm -hmm. you know, wanted, you know, to, to make people laugh. I mean, I, as I was being wheeled in and there were scads of people and they brought me into, in, walked in, nurse went to get a wheelchair. I went to the window yeah. and I say, I'm bleeding very badly. I need to be admitted. And they started like firing up the computer to ask me questions and they couldn't hear me apparently. And as the nurse came in with the wheelchair for me to sit in, I sat down and she said, my nurse with the wheelchair looked yeah. at her and she said, she can't hear you. So I have to, so I talk really loud and give her my name. And then I say, do we really need to be doing this? I think I'm bleeding to death. And the <laughs> nurse said, we're going to do intake in the hand room. And so we went and I had a you salacious You had to go into the hand thought. room. Oh, I, I did have a salacious thought, but I was in pain and was scared, but hyper. Right. <laughs> and uh, I noticed on my bandaged, tourniqueted, wet, bleeding hand, my Fitbit, which I was sure was taken off, but not. And there it was all bloody. Right. And I said to one of the uh, you know, people accompanying me in the wheelchair, I said, do you mind taking that off? And she said, no. And she tried to yank on it and wouldn't come off. And I said, well, well, maybe it uh, maybe it isn't unlatched. And she unlatched it, and I said, you might as well take it off because you insist on wheeling me everywhere I go. I won't be getting any more steps in tonight. Nice. And she looked at me like, I'll just put this over here. And she had blood on her hands. And she was thinking, and I was thinking, wow, you're handling my blood, and you don't know anything about my blood yet? You probably should have said, we'll let the technician do that in a minute. Right. That's what she should have said. I, I want to thank her. I, I don't think they're used to getting... Request? Quite, quite so much character coming into the ER, bleeding all over the place, as yeah. you gave them. But yeah, well, so, so you know the uh, the doctor. I mean, we started talking about social issues and whatnot. At one point, this doctor says these health care plans are good for shit. What the government pays for. My doctor uh -huh. saying it, and he was a Palestinian. And uh, yeah, I wonder why you mentioned Palestine before. Yeah, we and we talked about him going home and his family and the different way that they treat the elderly in their home, in their home country. And, uh, you know, what it's like to go back. And, and uh, I was so grateful to him and he was so modest and so, so capable. Right. I'll, 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 I'll tell you his name next time. We talk. If you've enjoyed what you just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. All our episodes are available on our website, happyhour.fm. You can tweet at us at happyhour.fm. That's with a D-O-T spelled out. Happyhour, D-O-T-F-M. Or you can send us email at the same name, happyhour, D-O-T-F-M, at gmail.com. Also, it would be great if you could give us a positive rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.